Word of Life Church exists for the purpose of leading individuals to become faithful and effective followers of Jesus Christ. This week, Pastor Tom J.J. Wood shares a message with our staff recorded live during our Tuesday morning staff meeting. Each week, we're talking all about our mission, vision, and culture, and I pray that you are encouraged and draw near to God through this talk. Well, good morning, guys. I'm so glad that you were able to come hang out, be a part of staff meeting. And uh, for everyone that's uh, listening to the podcast, hopefully this is encouraging. Hopefully it's uplifting um, as you think about refining and uh, sharpening your ministry skills and who we are as a church as we look to reach a bunch of people. Um, But I think that we all know and we all get that a key to ministry is continually helping people step up in their gifting and calling. Um, it's not simply about getting the stuff done. It is about encouraging people to stretch, about people to, uh, encouraging people to grow, um, and to step into positions of ministry and flourishing in their calling. And that, of course, looks different for all of us. And I believe that we would get that in our experiences, that this looks different for each and every one of us. But there is a massive portion of ministry that is about inviting people to step up. It is about inviting people to step into positions of leadership, positions of ministry, um, especially as they grow in their leadership skills and as soon as they grow in their leadership gifting. But as we do all this, there is something that's important to keep in mind. The the Bible outlines um, a list of leadership qualifications, and you can read about these in the pastoral epistles especially. But this idea of if you're going to step into leadership, these are things that we need to be mindful of. These are things that need to be in place in your life. And I would describe those as leadership qualifications. If somebody has those things evident in their life, then they're ready to step into a leadership position. However, There are also leadership qualities. So there are qualifications, and without these things being evident in your life, you're disqualified from being able to step into a position. But as we invite people to step into a position, we don't just want to see the qualifications. We also want to see a number of qualities. And so I want to hit on one that I'm going to be honest with you is deeply important to me um, and something that if is missing in churches and is missing in ministries, you will feel it. And so as we hit on this today, I want you to keep in mind about the different teams that you oversee, the ministries that you have leadership over, the people that you serve in a leadership role. And I want you to think to yourself, if this is missing, how does it look? And the essential quality I want to hit on is you have to care. If you're going to lead something, you have to care about the something. If you've been asked to have leadership over something and you've been trusted with leadership responsibility over that and to have oversight of that, whatever that area of ministry is, you have to care about it. I want to read this verse from uh, the Acts of the Apostles, and this is something that um, Paul is saying, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. So Paul is very much a black and white, do or die kind of guy. But the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. This, my life is worth nothing without this. Now that screams, I care about my mission. I care about the work that God has called me to. Now we may say that that's fine for Paul. He was an apostle and he was an extreme kind of guy. But Paul was the same person that would go on to tell the whole church in Corinth, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I am positioning myself as a leader in your life. I'm positioning myself as a role model. And I'm saying this to the whole church in Corinth, not just the leaders, not just his fellow apostles, not just other church planters, but everybody, the new believers, the mature believers, the leaders, the people that are helping out in the food pantry, all the stuff, imitate me. In my, and I believe that this idea of I care deeply about the work of the ministry is something that we see model from Paul. And I want to hit on today is this idea of a, a leadership quality that is becoming more and more essential is that we have to care. 
And so um, I, I've had this conversation with a number of you here that um, there is a distinct difference between managers and leaders, and I'm certainly not the inventor of this concept. I've read about it a number of times in uh, John Maxwell books. But it's this idea of a manager sort of makes sure that the wheels stay glued on, and a leader moves things forward. Um, and there was uh, a season of ministry for Megan and I where we were spinning a lot of different plates. We were overseeing a bunch of different areas of ministry um, in a pastoral role, and we were pushed to the max, probably beyond the max. Um, and I remember every single Sunday, if I got home and there were no catastrophes and there were no disasters, job done. And I would often say, the words I would say to Megan is, we got away with it. We got away with it. That's manager. That's not leading. Leading is not, I got home on a Sunday and I'm happy and I'm relieved that there weren't any major disasters. There weren't enough kids leaders. Okay, well, let's reconfigure things. We'll figure it out. We got away with it. All the ushers turned up late. Okay, well, okay, well hold on, everyone, quick, get over there. Got away with it. That feeling of, like, okay, got away with it, that's manager. Leaders, however, move it forward. But to move it forward, you have to care. And if you don't care, if you're not emotionally connected to what you're giving oversight to, you'll be satisfied with things ticking over. You'll be satisfied with getting away with it. As long as we've avoided problems, we'll count that as a success. As long as there's no catastrophes, as long as there's nothing I have to give account for, as long as nobody's going to hold me to their standard that I haven't been able to meet this weekend, as long as I'm able to go home and get away with it is good enough. That's manager. And if you don't care deeply about that thing you've been trusted with, about that area of ministry, about this, uh, whatever it is you've been invited to give leadership to, we will be satisfied. But when we trust someone with leadership, we're trusting them to move it forward. And the success or failure of the team should emotionally affect them. The success or failure of the team should emotionally affect the leader. So I got five things. Five things leaders should care about. Five things. First thing, the mission. The mission. And here at Word of Life, lead individuals to become faithful and effective followers of Christ. That's our mission. If people don't deeply care about that mission, they'll struggle to be in a leadership position. They could function as a manager. They can make sure the wheels you know, don't fall off. They can make sure that everything stays glued together. They can make sure there's no disasters, there's no catastrophes, that we check the boxes that they can get home on a Sunday afternoon and be very content that it wasn't a disaster, they got away with it, that's fine. But you'll struggle to be a leader, to advance the mission, to move further down the field, to keep things moving forward, to step into areas we haven't stepped into yet, to grow the team, to attract team members, to actually move things forward. If you don't deeply care about the mission and the call that God has on this church, you will struggle to be a leader. You can be a manager and probably do okay, but you'll struggle to be a leader. The second thing, Five things leaders should care about. The big picture. The big picture. It's not just enough to care about your area of ministry. Because there is not a single area of ministry that exists that is completely distinct and completely separate and removed from every other area of church. A great example of this is that I've known parents not talking about word of life now, but I've heard other parents that have moved churches because the kids' ministry wasn't up to scratch. Now our kids' ministry is world-class. Come on, somebody. But I have known parents that have belonged to other churches, and even though they have loved grown-up church, they've loved the worship, they've loved the teaching, they've moved churches where, in their estimation, it's worship that they don't connect with as much, that they don't engage with as much, and the teaching is shallow in their opinion, not mine, all because the kids' ministry 
wasn't feeding, nurturing the kids, and the kids weren't having a good time, so they had to move. So that's an example, and there are many, many others, of course, where kids' ministry is directly resulting big church. So the worship leader at big church is directly impacting what's happening over at kids, even though they may not have set foot in a kid's room on the weekend. We see that, and this one example of many, but every single area of ministry fits into the big picture, and if we're going to lead our little piece of that puzzle well, we have to care about the big picture. We have to care, and we have to be considerate about how other teams are doing. If another team is failing, and if another team is going badly, if there are tragedies happening on another team, if there's all kinds of problems on another team, that should be something we care about. We can't turn that off because it's not our team. We have to care about how our team fits into the big picture. The next thing, the team. The team. Leaders should care about the team, the people on the team. People are more than the tools to get jobs done. And something that I've said for years is that people matter infinitely more than what they do for us. People matter infinitely more than what they do for us. And I've said that for years, and for years God has tested me if I really believe that. Do you really believe that people matter infinitely more than what they do for us? And I I had an intern one time. She was awesome. And uh, she was doing great stuff. She was uh, highly administrative, and I am not. And so she really was able to pick up a lot of the um, slack that I had in the youth ministry. And she was doing great stuff, wonderful. And she was a great young lady, too. She was awesome. One day she sat me down, and she's like, okay, I'm working two jobs. I'm crazy busy on the weekend with church. I'm crazy busy with you. I have to let something go. And I've said for years, Lord, people matter infinitely more than what they do for us. It would have been very easy, and I honestly believe that if I would have put the pressure on and said, come on, this is for the kingdom. This is, this is for eternal value. This is, I honestly believe she would have continued doing the internship and burning herself out. But people matter infinitely more than what they can do for us. And that was a tough call to have to say, okay, let's end your time of internship. It was tough. I mean, we figured it out, we survived, I and mean, we're still alive to this day, but it was tough. But there is that thought that people have to matter infinitely more than what they can do for us. We have to care about the team as people, as individuals, as people that Jesus desperately loves. And the fourth thing, it kind of fits with the last one, but is the health of the team. The health of the team. And why this is distinctive from just generally you have to care about the people as people, which was point three. The fourth one, the health of the team, is kind of if you think that the job is getting done and we don't want to upset things to address unhealth that the stuff is getting figured out. We're checking off the list. We're getting it done. It's all happening. But there's areas of unhealth, and if we start addressing the unhealth, it's going to mess up how well we're able to get the list done. So leaders should care about the health of their team. So for instance, um, they should care when they hear the people on their team gossiping. That the people leading our teams and leading our areas of ministry should care deeply when they hear people being dishonoring to anyone in this room. There should be something that our leaders care deeply about and be bold enough and honest enough to address this and confront this and let people know this is not how we're going to go. When people are catching people in little white lies and half-truths and all these kind of things that we realize that the health of the team is valuable and matters. And this is not a place where dysfunction and toxic behavior flourishes. People being manipulative, people using negative emotions to win their way. It doesn't work. It doesn't fly. We need to care about the health of the team. We need to be brave enough to address that as and when it comes up, even if 
It's going to suddenly throw all kinds of confusion and all kinds of complications about how we're going to get the stuff done. But we have to care about the health of our teams. And the fifth thing, we have to care about the people being impacted. We see that Jesus had compassion on the crowd. We see that Jesus wept while Lazarus was in the grave. Jesus cared about the people being impacted. It was awesome uh, as Megan was praying in worship today. that She said, break my heart for what break yours. And I've got that here in my notes. It's an old Hillsong song where I think that exact phrasing comes from. But this idea of, Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Help me care. Lord, smash my heart in pieces to care about the people that you've called me to have impact on that this area of ministry that you've put under my charge, Lord, help me have a deep heart, a deep compassion for the people that you've called me to reach. Uh, an easy example for this is uh, kids or youth. It's very unusual that you would see a kids leader that hates kids. Um, I don't want to say never, but it is unusual. Uh, same with youth. Hate teens, but I'm going to go every Wednesday. I'm going to pour out my heart and soul for these guys. Hate them. They stink. They're rude. They're always on that TikTok. It's unusual. So those are easy examples is kids and youth, but even sort of think about, um, as I was thinking about this, thought about the worship team. I hope that the worship team have got a broken heart for the people in the congregation that don't know Jesus yet when they're playing behind the speaker as they're doing the altar call. That whoever's in the drum cage, whoever's on bass, whoever's playing piano, that their heart is absolutely smashed in two, that there are people in the congregation that may not know Jesus yet as they're playing, that the greeters, as they're welcoming people in, that they're not just there to say hi to the nice, cleaned-up church people, but as people come in that have never set foot in this church before, they're just blown away that somebody would have the courage to get it together and come to a church where they don't know anybody, and they would come in, and that the greeters have just got a deep love and compassion for the people that are coming in the doors that the host is there helping someone find a seat. It's not just like, oh, hey, I know you. Here's a, But there's a, hey, I've never seen you before. I'm so glad you're here. I hope something from today, and deep in their hearts, whether they're saying this verbally or not, but deep in their hearts, they're just like, man, you're new here. I really hope the worship is an incredible encounter for you. I hope that as distracted, worried about if they're having a good time, but you're confident because you had a great time checking them in. You know that they're having the time of their life over there and you can focus on what matters right now. But it happens because we have a deep care and concern for the, about the people that we've called to impact. The people we have called to impact, the success or failure of the team should emotionally affect us. And we've all had times, we've all had Sundays or we've all had Wednesdays when it didn't go well. And it is appropriate that those experiences spur us to reflect and improve um, because we have an important mission. Now, I'm not talking about beating ourselves up or you know, feeling down in the dumps and kicking ourselves, but rather growing and stretching, growing and stretching, reflecting on why it didn't go well. I think it's right and appropriate that it does emotionally affect us when the plans that we had didn't come together when it didn't work how we wanted it to, where it didn't go uh, how we anticipated it going. It's right that it emotionally affects us, not to keep us down in the dumps, but so that we grow and we flourish from it. And our desire to not let pride take a foothold, because we all know that pride is bad, I want to make sure that we don't kind of hide behind that and so that we don't celebrate when things do go well. I think it's right and it's appropriate that we feel a sense of satisfaction, a sense of fulfillment that God used our efforts. I think it becomes pride when we start letting it affect our identity and how we view ourselves. But I think if we were to take a step back and say, God, I'm so glad this went how it went today. God, this has brought me so much joy that my hard work, my effort, all my planning, all that went into it, all the work of the team, Lord, you did something great because of this. 
it's perfectly appropriate that Pastor Lisa, family comes for the first time and they have an amazing time and they can't wait to be back next week. Pastor Lisa and the team should feel a deep sense of accomplishment when that happens. When a new student comes to Walker, loves it, Carmen and the team should have a deep sense of fulfillment. When a worship set is just off the hook, Luke and the team should have a deep sense of fulfillment and accomplishment. When Pastor Mike goes to the hospital and the visit up there is a deeply meaningful moment as someone may be going through the worst season of their life, it is right and appropriate that on the drive home, Pastor Mike has a deep sense of fulfillment and accomplishment and gratefulness that God used him in that moment. The success or failure of the team should deeply emotionally affect us because... Leaders have to care. It is a quality that is essential, that if we are leading something, we have to care about it. Those five things, we have to care about the mission, the big picture, the team members, the health of the team, and the people being impacted. Come on, everybody, let's pray. Lord, take something from this. Lord, something about the, the need to care, the need for us to have a heart for the people that you've called us to serve, to have an impact on. Lord, that you would break our heart for what breaks yours so that you can use our efforts, you can use the, the time that we've spent in ministry and trying to serve the body and serve the community. You can use it to change people's lives. So Lord, we, we pray, Lord, Lord, we believe by faith that we are raising up a, a group of leaders, Lord, that deeply care about the ministry that you've called us to. In Jesus' incredible name, amen, amen. Hey, we hope that you were blessed and encouraged by today's talk. If you're a leader or a ministry director here at Word of Life, there are tons of resources available on our website. Head to wordoflifeag.org, go to the menu and tap on leaders. We'll be posting new episodes of this podcast every week. So be sure to subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts. See you next week.